don't matter what your name is Share your story, we'll be waiting Duh, uh, 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 yeah, For the haters, whoa What's up everybody and welcome back to For the Haters Podcast. Um, today, uh, if you aren't watching on YouTube, we are missing Laura. So if you're new here, it's just myself, Becky, um, but we're joined today by James. James, you want to say hello? Hi, everyone. Uh, James. I'm from <laughs> Chicago. I made the truck here and I'm happy to be here. And we're ha- Well, I'm happy you came. <laughs> I guess this is already starting off good. Set me up for that. I, I didn't say anything. Just... Um, so it's interesting. This is, I think, the first time that I've done the podcast by myself. Okay. Um, you're in for a treat because Laura normally Laura normally swoops in um, if I'm going out on tangents. So let's go on tangents. Let's. let's um, so awesome. So you had reached out to us, and there's there's a couple layers to your story. Um, yes. well, I would say more than a couple, um, you know, for those of you that are listening that aren't, you know, watching, you don't see James as person and, and who he is, which is kind of interesting because, you know, your looks have played such a huge part in your life, right? So the people listening don't know what you look like. Sure. Um, if you, if you kind of want to just jump, you know, I always say it, jump right in, um, and start from when you're a kid sure um i feel like i've told variations of this story so many times it's hard to pick where i want to start but um yeah i guess so when i was a kid um i was always kind of just overweight um i learned what the word husky meant very early in my life thanks to my uncles always you know calling me calling me husky and i learned like oh i'm 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 fat like um but a lot of my childhood memories I feel like are kind of blurry now at this point I'm 31 so like remembering back to when I was five or six or even 10 they've kind of fallen by the wayside but I remember one memory in particular um sticks with me to this day um it was in elementary school I don't remember what year exactly but um we were running the the dreaded mile run in gym class Mm -hmm. and uh i think everyone knows that oh yeah very well um and i remember i was obviously the last one in the class to to finish but um i assume it was my teacher's idea she had everyone wait by like the the finish line and like cheer me on and and like root for me and it was obviously a, a a goodwilled gesture but I remember even then when I was so young that like I think it was the first time I realized that I was like different from everyone else and it was like I was embarrassed that Mm -hmm. like they weren't rooting me on because I was like the best it was because I was like (laughs) to them it was like sad and so um and I remember like crying hysterically and that was my first like introduction to like shame and embarrassment and thinking back on it i think that's the first time i realized like that that's maybe where my issues with my weight and my self-esteem came from Mm -hmm. um and uh i mean i was overweight through high school um up until college and 
it wasn't until the end of high school when I really started making a change for various reasons. But you, you know, it's it's interesting that you um, that you talk about the like the way that you had just said that about you being different. I don't know if I've ever, you know, heard someone say that from weight, right? Like you hear people say that because they look different because of their ethnicity or the way they, if they have red hair or something like that. And, and having that feeling of almost like not fitting in because of, because of that, I guess, I mean, we, we actually have had someone on before that, that talks about, um, you know, his weight affecting him when growing up and how teachers didn't really help him and how kids bullied him. Um, you guys kind of grew up in different eras. Um, but it's interesting that that is what the first instinct of your feelings were, because that's a dominant thing that's going to stick with you for a really, really long time. Oh, sure. Uh, I mean, they are two distinct like chapters of my life and I feel like they are two entirely different lifetimes if that Mm -hmm. if that makes sense like I I almost feel like it was a different person because I'm so far removed from that and I'm also treated very differently now than I was growing up however those the way that I was treated when I was overweight um has affected me Mm -hmm. to this day yeah um so it's it's a weird kind of dichotomy to and her space to live in, I guess. Um, you know, before moving forward and talk like talking about, you know, high school or after high school, were there any, like, were there other things that you you know you could talk about that happened that were defining points in your life? You know, I, I've tried to kind of well, sorry, my therapist has tried to pull these out of me, <laughs> um, and I had a pretty good childhood. I I, I did. Um, my my parents were were you know upper middle class I was good grades in school good friends I played music and like I there was nothing really traumatic or any sort of traumatic event in my childhood that kind of spawned this thing um I just I always remember just really kind of liking food um and not really having any sort of control as far as that goes and I think that in tandem with my parents both worked um and so preparing meals wasn't always um i mean it was also a very different time as far as what we know nutrition wise versus uh how things are now Mm -hmm. um but you know it was meals were what was quick and what was easy after you know both parents coming home from a long day of work yeah um so that definitely contributed was that was it something that you know, overeating that ran in the family? No. No, yeah. actually, so um, my mom was, like, a super, like, fitness freak, honestly. Like, always working out, always, always going to the gym. Um, and my dad has been pretty standard his whole life. So mm-hmm. I was the outlier in, in the family. Yeah. Did you did you play any sports growing up? Or, you know, what were the activities that you have done, had done? Um, I played soccer pretty much uh from elementary school through high school um up until college and then in college i uh tore some cartilage in my knee and that effectively ended my soccer playing days but Mm -hmm. um i was pretty active i think i just ate 
more than I could balance out <laughs> with physical activity. Yeah. Um, did you notice, you, you know, the impact that your weight and that aspect of your life was having on your social life or, you know, the, the pain that you held within you? Not initially. It wasn't until I was in high school when I really noticed that, like, how I looked affected my social life. Mm-hmm. Um, up until that point, you know, like I said, I had a good group of friends. I had, yeah, I was fine. Um, I think the big change for me was, like any other boy in high school, was I, like, started trying to uh, flirt with girls and and whatever and obviously was rejected left and right and i was like oh wait what's the difference here oh like i'm i'm overweight like and no one would would say it but that was the case and um but up until then i was just i was pretty ignorant to it i didn't really realize my own weight until middle school high school and the bullying and and all of that started do you want to kind of dig a little deeper into that sure um kind of like the the mile run incident I wasn't like super overtly bullied um there were just a few incidents one in particular that I remember vividly and it was just these these kids that I was actually very friendly with one day we we were at lunch and I went to sit at the table and one of the kids out of nowhere said like sorry there are no room for whales here and I was just so taken aback because it was just like, wait a second, what? Like, we, I thought we were cool, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden you're saying that. And, uh, and I don't remember, like, what happened from then on. I just remember, like, crying um, and being really upset. But it, it obviously stuck with me 20-some-odd mm-hmm. years later. So um, that was really the big one. Um, and then gym locker room, like, nightmare, <laughs> you know? Uh we had someone previously come on that, you know, talked about being bullied as well. And this was a question that, you know, was brought up. Have, have any of those people that caused those issues to recognized it later, you know, like now has anyone apologized or has anyone ever reached out to you for maybe something that they had said? No. Um, I've ran into these people recently um you know within the last few years and they've been very kind actually and have said like wow you look great like um you you've changed so much i don't even recognize you but no sort of apology of any kind do you think that you still like hold some type of like anger or or... not really no I, i really don't um and i had written about one person in particular um actually that the person in that one bullying incident and I posted it on social media and a lot of people were like wow screw that guy blah 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 and I ended up deleting his name because for me it wasn't even about that like Mm -hmm. that for me like we're we're good like that doesn't affect me anymore It, Mm -hmm. it I am so above that and like I recognize like seventh graders are just idiots and like I'm not offended and not that doesn't keep me up at night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I've moved beyond that. And how long, what age was it that like you came to the realization grasp of, you know, basically you taking control? 
Um, well, that's a, a good question, actually. I, th I think I'm still taking control, really. I, I think that it's something that will be a continuous mm -hmm. uh, struggle to control, and it's just something that I have to be mindful about. But um, I think it wasn't until maybe 18, 17, 18, when I really started to kind of develop a, some sort of game plan and, and try and actually rein things in and was very mindful of my diet. So that's what was the big change was first year diet. Yes. Um, I had, I had a, a band teacher actually who was very influential for me. Um, he was very big into like uh, bodybuilding and stuff on his own time. And I don't even remember how it came up, but somehow he ended up making me a, like a, a workout plan and introduced me to like the basic concepts of like protein and like calorie needs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of started from that and just like went really hardcore actually first into like a bodybuilder diet, like a lot of protein and like plain tuna, yeah. like, <laughs> like gross stuff. Um, and then obviously that's changed now, but yeah, it was, it was weird looking back on it. Like the stuff that I put my through because I wanted so desperately to change, mm -hmm. I guess, like eating cans of tuna plain, like that's pretty <laughs> gross. <laughs> what, what was your, what was your heaviest weight? What age were you? Um, it was around that time. I want to say 16, 17. Um, and I was, it was like 310. That's crazy. 310. And, and I'm, for those who can't see me, I'm like 5'7", so yeah. not exactly the tallest. So 310 on a 5'7 guy is pretty big. Yeah. Wow. And it was just all from eat, from just poor eating? <sighs> yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, and my family, my, well, yeah, I guess my family is pretty good at putting on weight, I think. I don't know if that's going to piss off anyone in my family that's listening <laughs> to this. But, but uh, I, I think that we were we uh, didn't exactly win the, the metabolism lottery. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it, I mean, I remember, like, my after-school snack before dinner would be, like, two lean pockets. So they were lean pockets, so they were good for you. Yeah. Um, no, but th and that was, like, before dinner. Yeah. Like, so... Uh, that's like, I don't know, doing the math now, I don't, I don't even know, I haven't had one in years, but like 600 calories as an after school snack for a 17 year old, like, eh, it's not, not the greatest. Yeah. But, yeah. Just like, and there, there, was there like anything, was there anything else just besides not having a good eating habit that do you think could have triggered the overeating? Cause I, I know a lot of Actually, I shouldn't say I, I know, but I, I do, well, yeah, I, I know people that overeat from, you know, other personal reasons, that it, it stems from something else. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I've done a lot of thinking about this, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and I really am convinced that it is, I, I just, I like to indulge in the finer things in life. <laughs> the, the, the things that are good and taste good, like I I want to indulge in them and it just gets me into trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Not with just food either. Like it's just it's just things I don't know, it's a, 
the pleasure drive, I guess. Would do you think that there's some sort of like addiction to food? No. Or to pleasure? I think it's just one of those things where like this tastes good, so I'm going to eat it and then like I don't want it to stop. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I would say addiction. Mhm. Um I don't know. I have a couple I've questions that are going in my head, but I don't want to jump the step of the transformation. Sure. Right? So if you kind of want to talk about that process a little bit and you know what it was like and cuz it wasn't just a body transformation, you know, you're changing a, mentally a lot as yes. well. Um it it was very gradual, honestly. Um I I kind of lost weight throughout undergrad and um it was a lot of like hard work but again like even when I did lose a decent amount of weight I still felt insecure like the 16 year old fat kid Mm -hmm. um and that still stuck with me and um I don't know even I mean even to this day and now I'm kind of jumping around I uh I still feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's very hard for me to describe it because it's, it's yes, I've made a transformation, but there are things that are still to this day that stick with me and I have to be mindful of or struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it doesn't really answer your question. No, no, but, it's okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like a gradual process, you know, you started losing weight and then, I mean, it must be easier for you now than it was. Much easier. Um, I, I mean, I have it down to, to like a literal science now. Um, yeah. And you started running. That's something that's important to you, right? So I actually only started running like a year and a half ago. Okay. I hated running. Like up until two years ago. Don't we all? Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, now it, it's like my favorite thing yeah. on the planet. But um, so I have had two knee surgeries, one on each knee, one from that soccer injury that I mentioned. And then another one, I don't know how I did it. I just one day my knee was like really hurting and I needed surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a repair on one and then they just like, cleaned out the other one. They were like, oh, well, you're not an athlete anyway. So let's just like cut this out and you'll be fine. Um, and ended up re-tearing those things in both knees years later. Um, but because of that, I was always like, well, I really don't want to run. So, like, I cycle a lot, um, do, like, elliptical and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until, like, a year and a half ago I, I started running. I think, <laughs> oddly enough, it was because I was too lazy to get myself to the gym that day. But I still wanted to get a workout in, so I just went for a run. Um and it just kind of started going from there and I wanted to like beat my time and see how fast I could go. And I got hooked. I got Mm -hmm. addicted to just like beating myself and seeing how far I could push myself. Yeah. Which I think has been a theme in my life. Just like trying to, trying to show myself and other people, I guess, like what I can do. Do you think that's become, um, you know, like a theme in your life now from transitioning from the fat kid to, you know, who you are now is you're just 
you're trying to show, like, prove to other people. Yeah, I, I would say 100% I have a chip on my shoulder still, yeah. even though, like, it's it's odd because I, I think that people that I meet now would have no idea mm -hmm. of, of that because they're like, oh, like, you look normal or whatever. Um, but to me, I still see myself as the same person. So, I mean, I think it's interesting that you say that because I, I, I think that, you know, over the past 10 years or, or however long it's been, you've been going through this physical change that there's so much more mental change that, that needs to happen moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, gosh, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. I can go like six different ways with this. Um, we yeah. have time, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's something that I'm, I'm still going through and have to, I have to remind myself of the progress I've made sometimes because I'm still very hypercritical of myself and my body and, and whatnot. And uh, it like frustrates people that are close to me mm -hmm. um, because like, what are you talking about? You look fine. And I'm like, okay, maybe to you, but to me, like, I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's strange because I'm self-aware enough to know that like what my number on the scale is but it doesn't matter like what yeah. I see I can still point out like 10 different flaws on my body like well you look fat here oh, you'll never have abs blah 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 like whatever whatever toxic thought you can think of like it'll it'll surface somehow yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting that you talked about, you just said, um, you know, about how other people don't understand, um, you know, they can say you look great or give you a compliment and you're like self-deprecating. Yeah. Um, that's actually an issue that I had to deal with was not taking it personally of giving someone a compliment and them not receiving it. And it's something that I actively have to work on, um, you know, my ther my therapist once told me that um, aren't they great <laughs> yeah we we advocate for therapy quite a bit on this show sure. um she had she had i have an issue that i've been dealing with about everything not being about myself and so that was a huge part of it is that a, a lot of the time when someone gets upset if they give you a compliment you know it's about them in oh, the totally. end it's not about you and so i've worked on thinking and you know being like okay this isn't about me obviously your response doesn't have to do with me as a person um, and I think that's important for people to recognize to just be a little bit more what's the word um why can't I think of it not gentle patient maybe sure yeah a little more patient with so I mean regardless of the magnitude of the traumatic event that you went through, it, I mean, it's still going to affect you, right? And th they might have not gone through it or they don't see it as impactful as, you know, something worse that happened to someone else, but there's still trauma, trauma there. Yeah, I would say it's the single most, I've had more traumatic things happen to me in my life, but I would say that overall <laughs> being overweight is the most impactful mm -hmm. thing that's, kind of directed my life and my path for better and worse. And, and I'm sure, and I don't want to, I don't know if this is rude or inappropriate to say, and I'm sure it doesn't make it easier that you're like a good looking guy now too, that 
they're like, oh, like, why would you feel that way about yourself? Because you're a good looking guy. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I don't compliment guys often. So you, you, should, you should definitely take that as a compliment. Um, thank you. <laughs> well, it's, it's weird for me, like, to, to get compliments sometimes because I spent so much of like high school and even college um, just assuming that no female would ever be interested in me whatsoever because of my appearance. Um, and so much so that like in my 20s, I like maybe course corrected and looked for too much validation to kind of make up for the, for the mm. validation I didn't get in my teens. Um, but but that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, if I think that make well, I also talk to a lot more people, but I think that makes complete sense that there's, you know, for you in my head, I'm thinking like your love language is words of affirmation. Like you need that, that even if you're not accepting it, you need those words of affirmation to, you know, for approval. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And it's, it's it sounds bad to say but there have been times where like even people that i may not have been interested in romantically like i will flirt with for them to reciprocate mm -hmm. and it just makes me feel good like oh they they might be attracted to me yeah that, like whoa that feels good i didn't get that and mm -hmm. as strange is the only way i can describe it because i i would say at this point in my life i'm pretty i'm fairly confident um with myself and my accomplishments but that that need for validation it's almost instinctual now at this point mm -hmm. from years and years and years of having the opposite mm -hmm. is that something you work on consciously yeah um mindfulness and and all of that stuff helps <laughs> a lot yeah um but yeah it's it's a work in progress and i and i know when it's happening now i'm able to kind of be like wait a second you're doing this thing that you do sometimes yeah. so Pump the brakes, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and and also, like, all of the times in my 20s that I have maybe uh, seeked out attention like and, and have gotten it never made me feel better in the end anyway and just mm -hmm. has landed me in more trouble. So now in my, in my old age, I know better. <laughs> I know better now. Are there um, any other... I know that you said you could go down one of six paths... Gosh. Um, what What else do you think? It might easier might be easier for you to answer a question. I think so. Um, what else do you think that you go through now that someone else would go through that's in your shoes? What are other What are other What are other thoughts that you have? What are other feelings that you that you think you have that someone else that didn't go through what you went through? Does that help at all? Um. I think I, I just I know what it feels like to not feel comfortable in your own skin or like those days you wake up and like it could be anything maybe you had too much salt the night before or whatever but like oh man these jeans like don't mm -hmm. feel good today and then it like affects like oh man like this shirt is kind of tight oh can you see like my gut like how do I look in this mm -hmm. and it just kind of spirals from there and you spend the whole day feeling uncomfortable because you think that everyone thinks you look like a fat piece of garbage mm -hmm. and really no one's noticing that at all but it's so it's so it's something you've it's created in your it's own head. so consuming yeah 
Yeah. And it, it just kind of spirals. And the next thing, like, you won't even leave. I, well, I've had days where I'm like, well, I'll go to the grocery store tomorrow because I don't really want to be outside today because I feel so bad. Are there, are there things that you found that help when you're in those thoughts, you know, when you're dealing with those issues? Um, I usually work out. <laughs> um, and, and I'm sure that's maybe not the best like behavior i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm sure that could be problematic to some people um i have my own ways of like dealing um music um running now um but eventually i'm able to just kind of get back to to normal and recalibrate and talk myself off that ledge and be like okay like you you made it through the day and no one like laughed at you or said like looking like you're putting on some weight, dude, or, like, whatever, like, I don't know. I think, I think just having those reality checks and, and kind of bringing things back into focus is important for me. Um, you, you know, you brought up going to therapy. Do you feel that the things that you talk about or, you know, the events that happen in your life all have some type of connection back to this? either the way you handle things or either the way you react to things. Like, is there always a connection back to this issue in your life? I think some do for sure. Um, Like, for example, like the validation that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. I I mean, that is 100% a a direct correlation to that. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, I, I think when people seek validation, people think it's coming from like a lack of a parent figure. Um, but I, I think at 100% it's from weight. Um, and I, ironically enough, people have assumed that about me because when I was 17, I lost my mother. Um, so I think it's kind of a double whammy that people think that I have mommy issues too. And, I'm, and I don't think that is the case. And I can say that pretty confidently, thanks to I think three years of therapy now. Yeah. I'm sorry um, to hear that. I, d- I did not know that. Um, so it was, the timeline is a little blurry in my head, but I remember it was the summer before my freshman year of college. Um, my parents went on a vacation um, and came back and my mom was real sick and they didn't know what it was. They thought it was like food poisoning or some sort of like parasite or something. And she just wasn't getting better. Um, and eventually, you know, after tests and, and everything, um, they discovered it was stage four colon cancer. Um, and even at that age, I was pretty like with it and the internet was a thing at that time. So I Googled like stage four colon cancer and it was like, the odds are not good for survival at that point. Um, and so that was like the summer before my freshman year. And then I went to school. I went away to school and a week, I think a week into my freshman year, one of my friends, um, actually, um, died in a car accident. And so that was like my first month of undergrad. And, um, then a year later, my mom passed away. So it was pretty quick overall from diagnosis to death. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm certain that that has also impacted me in, in ways, but
but I think I'm still unpacking it, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a, each one of those things is a lot to deal with for anyone individually. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, part, right. I mean, I, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> right. from, I mean, for most people that I know that have been through some type of traumatic event, have been through a couple really, really hard times. Sure. Do, do you think that your mom's illness triggered you to start losing weight? Or do you think that choice was made um, prior? That, that decision was made prior. Um, because I remember um, my, I remember I had started kind of losing weight before then. And actually my mom, uh, I have a memory of my mom thanking that band teacher that got me into uh, working out and stuff and, and just saying, you know, how important he was to me and how much of an impact and thanking him for, I guess, making an impact on my life. So at that point I was already kind of starting mm -hmm. that, uh, that process. And I don't, I don't want to be, um, inconsiderate of the feelings and the story behind your mother, because I mean, there's probably a lot to unfold and probably a lot that that could you, probably be a second episode yeah. if, if we wanted to but not, not yeah it's fine. um and i don't want i don't want you to think i'm dismissing it no. but um man that's crazy yeah that's it it's you know kudos to you for you know starting this journey of completely changing your life of something that you dealt with for a majority of a conscious part of your life during some of the roughest times of your life, because for someone, it could have been the easiest cop out of giving it up. You know, someone going through not only the, your mother's illness, but the death of a friend of yours, that's any reason for someone to be like, okay, I'm going to, you know, eat my feel like eat my feelings. It, you know, for someone like you, that that's what you, grew up on to not go back to that that is very impressive and you should be very proud of yourself for you know sticking through well thank you um yeah i, I, I know always, you don't like compliments but no, I'll, I'll take i'll take um <laughs> my my process in therapy is learning to accept that i'm okay sometimes so yeah. this works out um oh shit i lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> of your pro of you know your mindset after these losses of not losing that passion to keep making yourself better because that's that's cre that's like a prime time for someone to just sink right and you had like you hadn't even developed like well you did but in hindsight like you hadn't even developed the strength in that process to keep going through that and you did and that's that's crazy. I think the ability that I gained to like kind of take a beating mm -hmm. has paid off now. Um, yeah, I mean, it, those are the most formative years of your life, pretty much, and mm -hmm. and it was just kind of kind of madness. And I mean, it it got a little dicey, but oh, I mean, I just I think I just didn't. To me, there was no other option. It was just like, I'm either going to have a shitty life mm -hmm. or I'm going to make the best of it. <laughs> we talk about that a lot. Um, a lot of the people that come on that have come out on the other side of something traumatic, um, you know, that's 
you're left it's simple you're left with two choices when something happens to you you're either going to crumble or you're going to move forward and you know life's going to move forward with with or without you and you know we have to it's life right we have to choose to in some way even if it's a tiny baby step forward we have to find those that path to go down I struggle with this because I 100% agree and I think that we are in complete control of everything we do and we have Mm -hmm. a a choice in everything. And so right now it's hard for me sometimes to, to have, this sounds bad, but have empathy with that because I'm like, well, okay, you are, are unsatisfied with this. We'll just change this. And I need to remember that it's not, that easy for everyone and Mm -hmm. everyone has their own unique things they struggle with and just because I figured out what works for me doesn't mean it's easy for someone else so yeah and and that's why I want to emphasize the baby step right as long as and it, it like my baby step could be different from yours but as long as it's a tiny foot forward rather than back take as much time as you need to, to yeah. you know the process is different for everyone yes and and for me I, I it's not possible for me to do baby steps yeah i don't think i would be wearing them now if i was like if i took baby steps i need to just be all in it's exactly that. i can relate <laughs> to that so much i'm like a all or nothing person um like to the t yeah. like if i'm involved in something or if I have a new hobby or, or anything, and it's not always not always a good thing. Right. Um, but if, you know, from that now, you I mean, from this conversation, you obviously have a lot more soul searching to do, and more you know accepting of who you are. But you know, you're working on that every day. If you want to kind of talk about what you are doing now, and you know, after college, and what happened. Sure. Um, so after college, um, I got my bachelor's in education. Um, I, I wanted to be an English teacher, um, or so I thought. And then I graduated and realized that I didn't really want to do that. I just kind of liked reading books. Um, so then it's a really, it's a really disheartening feeling to, to get a degree and spend all this time and money and realize that all that everything you worked for you didn't really (laughs) like I mean and I know I know many people who aren't using their their degrees and are yep (laughs) yeah um but for me it was really it was very hard for me to kind of deal with that I felt like a disappointment in my family for sure um and I think I love Long Island but it's a very small place Mm mm-hmm and I think I just needed to get away from... Did you go to college on that? No. So I went to Manhattan College, which is in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. Not Manhattan, like you would think. <laughs> um, but so I did get like the chance to get away from t- home for a little bit. Um, but I graduated and moved back. And it was the same thing every weekend with the same people who I love dearly. But I, it wasn't what I needed. Um and so I, I had family out in Chicago who I visited and um, stayed with them for a while. And they took me out, showed me the town. We had a good time. And they were like, well, what are you doing now? And I was like, well, nothing. <laughs> um, and uh, 
they were like, why don't you think about coming out here? And gosh, I want to say I was 23 at the time. And so from that, from that trip to moving there, I think it was a span of three or four weeks. Um, I, I found an apartment on Craigslist. Um, I actually Skyped with the people that lived there. It was a couple and I moved in with them into this tiny, like eight by 10 room. Um, but it got me there. Um, and I got a job working at a summer camp, um, and packed my stuff in my car and drove out there. And 10 years later ish, I'm still there. Um, and so I was there for, and worked a bunch of odd jobs. I was a dog walker for a while, which was fun. Um, and then my roommate got me a job bartending, um, which led to me getting another bartending job where I still am. Um, so it's weird how that chain of events happened. Mm -hmm. um, like a lot of people that work in Chicago work in the industry. It is an in, uh, industry driven place, driven yeah. city yeah. for better and for worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think about this every now and then, like if I hadn't messaged that one random stranger on Craigslist, and lived in that apartment, would I even be where I am right now? Like mm -hmm. weird butterfly effect thought, but um, yeah. Um, so I've been at the same place bartending for seven years now um, and kind of just did like the twenties, like partying type of deal for a while. Enjoying um, your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wish that I had done more sooner but i've come to terms that i just wasn't th i wasn't there yet mm -hmm. um and then i figured out through um a lot of time a lot of soul searching um therapy and and whatnot kind of figured out what i wanted what what i needed and um got back into um well, I started looking into programs that I wanted to get into. And at first, I thought I wanted to be an occupational therapist. Um, we talk about OTs all the time. On do this. you? Yeah. <laughs> um, the theme that I've noticed is that I've always wanted to go into a career that made a difference and helped people. Mm -hmm. Like teacher, occupational therapist. Um, but after spending some time shadowing OTs, I, it, it wasn't really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Um but I started taking all the science prereqs that I didn't take in undergrad um, in preparation of some sort of medical profession. And then I realized, like, duh, it's right in front of you, like, nutrition. Like, what are you, like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so uh, I, I put the work in and applied to uh, a master's program at University of Illinois, Chicago, and uh, got accepted, and I, I am about to start my second semester there and come fall of 2021, I'll be a registered dietitian, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I mean, that's amazing. Like taking something <laughs> that you went through and like turning it into a way to help either prevent or have some type of impact on someone else's life, you know, from totally. that. That's incredible. I mean, and it's, it's, it's really exciting for me. Like, I just want to fast forward to, to then when I can help people because like I've been there and I just mm -hmm. want to be like, listen, I know what it feels like. Yeah. Like, and, and those, and you being that person, you're going to make such a, and I don't want to discredit people that are nutritions that 
never had weight issues, but a lot of people like to hear from people that have been through something that they have been through. And so I truly, I believe that you're going to make a big impact on someone's life because of what you went through. And it, not that it makes it worth it, but it gives you almost a purpose of, of it. I think so. Um, I hope so. (laughs) Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I am constantly telling people, um, whether it's like people who talk to me about like running after I ran the Chicago marathon, a lot of people have come to me asking for like advice and tips and, um, looking for guidance for me. And, you know, I, I get weight loss questions and stuff too. And, you know, people say like, Oh, it's so hard. How do you do this? How do you do that? And the thing I always say is like, I'm nothing special. Like Mm -hmm. if I can do it, like anyone can, like, I'm not some like super crazy person. Um, like it's, it's just a matter of finding out what works for you and, and having the support to do it or the, the willpower to do it. Um, I didn't do it. Like I'm not performing miracles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it really was hard work and, and a lot of energy. That's what I think hard work and knowledge is really what it comes down to. You could do, you know, all the wrong, be a hard worker, but do all the wrong things. Um, so I think that, that, I mean, I definitely agree with, with that. And the internet doesn't help either. There's a lot of misinformation (laughs) there too, which I hope to fix when I'm a dietitian and have some credibility. I have your own platform to, to help others with that. Um, it's, I mean, did you know that you can, uh, anyone can call themselves a nutritionist? I did not. Uh, yeah. So you could call yourself a nutritionist now and you can get a certification online if you wanted to, but it's a dietitian. That's the, the real deal. The professional, huh. a dietitian is the one that will work in like hospitals and, and things like that. You learn something new every day. We're always talking about advocating for ourselves in the yeah. field and school. So that's and my that little shout out there. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any other fun facts that, <laughs> that you oh, want to, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there are. Yeah. But. Um, we are doing this new thing where we allow our viewers to ask questions. So I am going to grab a phone from Leah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Cool. So the first question is, um, how did you find the motivation on the hard days? Sometimes I didn't. Uh Sometimes I didn't get the workout in, and I think the real victory for me was the next day not giving up and trying again. I've I've failed at this more than I've succeeded. It, that's really the truth of it. I think that was the perfect answer. <laughs> that was. I mean, yeah, I think that answer was perfect. It's, I mean, it's important to know that you can, and I have a hard time dealing with that if, you know, failing one day and picking up the next. I think that if I fail one day, then that's it. Sure. But, I mean, changing the mindset of failing one day and just working twice as hard the next, I mean, that could make a difference. So, thanks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that, def- that definitely just helped me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, the next question is... Uh, <laughs> well, let's hear it. <laughs> well, I think we know the answer. <laughs> okay. Um, how 
how long did it take you emotionally to feel like you're worth it? Um, I think it took about a year into therapy once a week to, I, I, I always kind of knew th- that I had things that I've accomplished to be proud of, but I wouldn't let myself be proud of them. Mm-hmm. And it, it took about maybe a year where my, my therapist was like, dude, like you're allowed to like enjoy the shit you've done. I think those are his exact <laughs> words. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a constant effort mm-hmm. to remind myself of that, but it's important, I think. And therapy is important. Yes. If you don't go to therapy, you should. <laughs> I, I tell all my friends, even if you feel like you are like in the perfect my, happiness yeah. bubble, like go anyway. Yeah. And, like it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I look forward to it. All right. Last question okay. is how do you get out of bad habits as an adult? I want to break this cycle, but I don't know how. I think it's important to hold yourself accountable. Um, I, I actually learned this from, uh, someone who was pretty influential on me. His name is David Goggins. He's an ultra marathoner. Um, and he had what was called an accountability mirror and he would write the things that he was going to do or he wanted to do and put them on his mirror and every day would look at them. Um, and I tried that for a while and there were so many times where I would just like see them and ignore them and then feel worse. Um, I think the ability to look at them and be like, okay, like you need to start taking accountability for your actions is what is the most important thing. Um, And even on the hard days, like now, a lot of times I don't want to go for a run. I look at my I look at my my shoes by the door and be like, "Ugh, really?" But I know that it's better for me and afterwards I will feel so much better, so I do it even if I don't want to. Um and yeah, I guess just kind of developing that work ethic. It's not easy. I, I I'm not going to lie and say I don't have my own fair share of bad habits that I still struggle with, but you pick one at a time and you kind of attack them and chip away at them. Eventually the bad habits turn into good habits and don't try and take on everything all at once. It, it will get overwhelming otherwise. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect. Small accomplishes, accomplishments at a time. It's a snowball effect. It really is. Yeah. You do something and you start feeling good about it and that will seep into everything else. I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, so the last, last thing okay. that we like to do, um, we like to ask our guests to share their last word of advice. Uh, it could be to someone maybe that is struggling with something similar that you went through, you know, someone that's struggling with it now. Um, you're, th- and think about it, you know, what are, what are your best words that you could give to someone through the struggles that you've been through? Hmm. Well, I think it goes back to what we started mentioning at the beginning of 
this podcast was that any thing that someone else might say is just a reflection of themselves. Um, so really your biggest adversary is yourself. Um, that's going to be the biggest thing that will hold you back and it will also be your greatest ally going forward. So, um, yeah, it's not easy, but, uh, Stay hard, I guess. <laughs> Life is tough, and you just need to kind of kick its ass. I think that's a good final word, just kick its ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that Laura couldn't be here today, but she was very... Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I don't know why I keep losing my words. Um, she, she was excited to have you on, um, and she was excited to have this kind of story come on because it's a very big thing that affects a lot of people in our country um obviously we have a very big overweight problem um mm -hmm. and you know seeing someone get through it and come out half decent <laughs> <laughs> half decent i'll take it i'll take it i'll take that compliment <laughs> I'm just um but like you know you've you've beat it and and you still have a lot to go but you've should be proud of yourself of where you are and how far you've come and the things that you've been through. Um, so I'm, I'm very happy as well that, you know, thank you for taking the time to come out here and sharing your story because I truly believe that it, it's going to help someone. And, you know, there might be someone listening that is going to have a question about something and they can reach out to you and we'll put, and we'll put, you know, your contact information if, you're yes, willing, please do. I would, I would love anyone with any questions or any, even if you just want to bitch about how you're feeling, please reach out to me because <laughs> I guarantee I can relate to you in some way, um, if not feeling the exact same way. Yeah. Um, I love that. And yeah. I, I love how every, everyone that comes on is just always so welcoming to everyone, even if they don't know them or even know what they're going through. And like, that's what we need in this world. Well, I, th I think the reason why that is for me anyway is that I, I know that when I was really going through my struggles, it helped me so much to have someone just listen or reach out. And so knowing that I could be that person for someone else, like I, I, I know firsthand what a difference that makes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I am more than happy to talk to anyone about that. Love that. Again, thank you for taking the time coming from all the way from Chicago. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, for those of you that are listening, make sure to like, subscribe, comment, um, you know, share this channel with your friends because any new person that listens is another person that we can help. Um, you know, if you have a story you want to share, we're always here to listen. Whenever you're listening, if you're listening tonight, during the day, we hope you guys have a good night or a good day whenever it is and thanks for joining for the haters for the haters come on to it now or later whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. it don't matter what your name is share your story we'll be waiting whoa, whoa, whoa.